This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 177 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show, setting horsey goals for 2012. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Equestrian Collections offers the whole universe of equestrian shopping at your fingertips at a price you can afford at equestriancollections.com. Also, Kentucky Performance Products for all of your supplement needs. Go to kppusa.com. Welcome to the Stable School. With weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the stable, it's every week. We bring you the news through hail or high water while using their tails as their own fly swatters. So sit on down and laugh till your poop, cause it's time again for Stable School. Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. This is Glenn the Geek. And this is Helena B. And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Howdy, Helena. Howdy, Glenn. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. Fun, fun y- stuff. Yes. Uh, did you have a good holiday? I had a chaotic holiday. Yeah. yeah. It was good, but it was my kitchen's all torn apart, so oh, it was a little right. challenging. You're still trying to get the kitchen redone. Yeah, we got the floor in, so uh, walls are down and sawdust now is. Now you're every- trying to do all the work yourself, and that also creates an extra headache. Oh yeah, we're doing it all ourselves. Yeah, that, yeah. that creates the extra headache. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we've been eating a lot of pizza. Yeah, when somebody comes in to do it, you know, they they you evacuate and they get it done in a week or two, and then it's done. You know, but when you're yeah. doing it yourself, it's not that way. No, no, no. It's it takes forever, but it's okay because the floor looked. We have we put a slate floor in, and it looks so good. Oh, cool! It was worth all the effort. So uh, now we just have to get an oven, which be we've been without an oven for two years. I know, and your husband's like a baker. I know <laughs> he is so beside himself. In fact, he just left for Providence right now to go up to a restaurant supply place to uh, to go you're arrange not getting for the any little oven either. No, we're not getting any little oven. You're getting a nice oven. We're getting a biggie. And he's, you know, it's lucky you have a husband. Not only does he cook and feed you well, but uh, he's also very handy with the remodel projects. He is so multi-talented. Yeah. And he's a great craftsman. This is what I say. He has just that right balance of scientist and, you know, he's, he's a biostatistician by trade. That's what he does for, you know, that's his day job. And then he's also a chef and he's got, he's a great woodworker. He can just do anything. He puts he his mind so to it. so not like any of the guys on The Big Bang Theory. <laughs> he's not. <laughs> he's not. He's a geek inside. He's not a geek on the outside. And he's cute, too. Yeah, he's not Sheldon, that's for sure. No, 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 no. <laughs> so he's doing most of the work, and um, I'm just, you know, showing my appreciation. He even did my stalls for me yesterday. How nice was that? Wow. I know. I'm a lucky girl, huh? Nobody loves you. I know. <laughs> So that's a good thing. That's a good thing, Helena. Keep it's a, a good thing. Of, keep a hold of him. Now, you guys had a very interesting holiday, didn't you? Well, no, it was kind of quiet, actually. We went home for the holidays and uh, went to Pennsylvania and visited family, and we hadn't done that in a couple of years. Yeah, so that's that interesting. Nice. Yeah, we brought uh, Gloria along, our new adopted Greyhound. Her first big trip, she did terrific. She loves the car. She just sits there and doesn't move. Oh, and then, uh, I mean, does not move. She lays down in the back seat, and you don't even know she's there for eight hours. And then... Uh, we, you know, she got her first experience with wrapping paper and kids and all that and did terrific. And then we came home and spent a week off last week doing a lot of nothing, which was really nice. We spent a lot of time at the barn, uh, you know, helping, helping out out there. And it was just nice to take a break. Mm. You know, every Mm -hmm. once in a while, you got to give your brain a break. Give your brain a break and then set some goals, perhaps. (laughs) Oh, here we go. Yeah. See, (laughs) I don't know who scheduled this program today. You did. <laughs> you did. This was your big fat idea. Well, you know, last year we experimented a little bit with the roundtable concept where we got some, you know, normally we have one guest and we ask him questions and we're done. 
Um, but the, I think by accident last year, we had a couple of guests on this uh, one show at the same time, and we had a whole discussion about a topic, and it was a lot of fun. It and was. it was very informative, and we got some good reaction to it. So we decided to do more of that this year on the Stable Scoop show. We have the show that we can go a little longer, we can spend more time with guests, and we can get a little bit more in-depth than we can on the other shows. So that's why, uh, why we're doing today's topic, you're right, is on setting goals and the importance of that for horse people. Um, and we have two great guests coming up in a, in a couple of minutes to, to join us on the round table. And we're just going to have a discussion about goal setting and how important it is. And you and I are a little different that way. I am more, I used to be in sales and I used to be a big goal setter and I used to preach it. I used to teach sales. You know, I, I did all of that. And then when I stopped it, I was like, I just want to live life. I don't want to live by my written goals that I have to do this and I'm all pressured and I feel right. like I'm going to fail all the time. And, you know, all of those things, all of those fears you get when you're a salesperson and you were one, you know that, you know, what kind of little idiosyncrasies we develop being a salesperson. You know, you, uh, it's, it's an interesting life when you're a salesperson. So, you know, I think part of it, I got away from it, and I part of part of me, I wanted to do this show today to remind me that I need to get back to setting goals and to actually following a little bit of a roadmap. You, on the other hand, are all about roadmaps. Yeah, too much so. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're at opposite ends of the spectrum, and I, I, I have so many roadmaps that um, they're almost crutches for me and that I yeah, can't function without them. You're almost not allowing enough time for any spontaneity. Spontaneity. Uh, and, which, and you know what's funny is because um, years ago when I was a systems analyst at, at, for an IT company, uh, you know, my job was to help create the processes that took a product from conception to rollout. And um, you know, I had to be really rigid in that process. And, and I used to tell people, I used to say, you have to be really structured. You have to get this thing, whatever it is you're working on, it has to be working like a well-oiled machine so that – you can when there are snafus or so that you can build in flexibility time. You kind of have to get that machine operating almost on its own and then you can entertain spontaneity. And you know what happened? I spent all my time totally like, you know, bogged down by those details, getting that machine to work. I never found the time for spontaneity or flexibility or five minutes. And so you know, I think this is a good, it just illustrates that other side of the spectrum. There's people who don't do any structure and people who do so much that they never get the chance to do anything else. And like anything else, the happiness is somewhere in the middle there, you know, right. somewhere in between. Uh, but we're going to have Lisa Waisaki on with us, who's been a regular guest of the show before, and then a new guest that we've never had on any of the Horse Radio Network shows, and that's Karen Scholl. Uh So we're going to learn more about them in just a minute. But first, let's talk about and I, and I have a cool product for us later on in the show too for our attack and habit segment. I have one that I, I we we've tested now and uh, let's just say certain members of our, my family absolutely love it. So we're going to talk about that coming up. Okay. But first, let's talk about equestrian collections. You know, it's after the first of the year, and do you know what happens in retail after the first of the year? They start looking around the warehouse and saying, what's left over from all the holiday stuff? Yeah, yeah. And they go, we need to have a sale and get rid of some of this stuff. Well, that's what's happened over to Equestrian Collections right now, from boots to shirts to blankets. They have sales going on over there on all different kinds of products. You're going to want to stop over and click on one of the banners there. They also still have their outlet with a whole bunch of stuff in it, up to 70% off. So now's the time after the holidays when you maybe got a little bit of Christmas money or you're a little short on money and you have to make it go further. Well, that's the time to hop on over to equestriancollections.com. Maybe you'll find that one thing that you didn't get for Christmas that you really wanted, and you can buy it for yourself now and save a little bit of money doing it. So equestriancollections.com for all of your equestrian shopping needs, and especially right now because it certainly is at a price that you can afford. Equestriancollections.com. All right, let's get to let's get to our guests here and have a little chat about goals. 
Well, returning today is a guest uh, for our roundtable that we've had on many of the Horse Radio Network shows. She's a regular. Her name is Lisa Waisaki out of Nashville, Tennessee. She's the author of many books, a speaker, a horsewoman, a registered NARHA, North American Riding for the Handicapped Instructor. And she was, in 2007, one of the country's top 50 riding instructors by the ARIA. When not riding or speaking, Lisa trains horses for equine-assisted activities, consults with therapeutic riding centers, and travels nationally as an equine clinician. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning. How are you guys? Good. We, you know, when I was thinking about talking about goals, and, and uh, Helene and I talked a little bit about the way we are earlier, I thought, i got to have Lisa on because she if there, anybody can straighten me out, She's the one. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know if you can be straightened out, Glenn, but we're certainly going to try. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I'm surprised my wife didn't call you because she would love to have me straightened out after 25 <laughs> years. And uh, so she's putting all of this on you, Lisa. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Well, thank goodness I have some help today. Yes, you do. And your help is Karen Shaw. She's an author, a speaker, a clinician. She has her own company called Karen Shaw Horsemanship for Women. See, she can't help me. She has spiritual <laughs> horsemanship for women. I'm doomed. Um, Are you just going to have to get in touch with your, your feminine side, Glenn? <laughs> and it, this is a program that examines the natural behavior patterns of women, men. Oh, I'm good. Horses, dogs, and kids in a way that's fun, informative, <laughs> and most importantly, empowers women to make the adjustments in their behavior to create change in their life. Good morning, Karen, and welcome to the show. Good morning, Glenn, and thank you so much for having me. Well, this is going to be fun. You know, we started a couple of roundtables last year, and we got such good response to them, and and more importantly, Helene and I like doing them, um, that we just decided that we were going to do more of them this year, and we thought, well, let's start off with the first week of the year and talk about something that, as I mentioned earlier, I just stink at this, and that's setting goals, whether long-term or short-term, and I know some people are probably sitting back saying, you have a whole radio network you started with nine shows and all these hosts. None of it was planned. Except I called Helena up one day, guys, and I said, let's just do a little radio show. And I did, we did do one thing right. I said, let's start, a, let's start a horse radio network, but we'll just have one show. But we did start the network before the first show. so It's because I said, what are your goals, Glenn? Yes, exactly. That's exactly. And he was like, what? I don't have goals. What? I just am here. I just go day by day. But, you know, guys, I want to know, first question to start this conversation is, I am probably in the majority, right? Lisa? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I, I think so. You know, I, I travel like Karen does and, and see a lot of people across the country. And I think, you know, a lot of people just are, are flying by the seat of their pants, just like you. And, and uh, um, unfortunately, most people aren't as successful with it as you are, Glenn. Um, <laughs> but but I think, you know, having goals really is a plan, uh, kind of a, a life plan or, or a targeted individual plan for a, for a specific thing you want to achieve in your life. And, and uh, for me, um, without having goals, I just don't get anything done. I just kind of flounder around. I don't know where I'm supposed to be or what I'm supposed to be doing. Or, um, and, and if something's really important to me, I, I have to, to map out a plan to get there. If I really want to accomplish something, I, I have to have a plan to get there. So that actually begs the broader question of what – uh, what do you need to set goals for? I mean, I'm a horse person and I'm listening to this podcast right now. Why do I need to be listening to this podcast? What, what do goals do for me as a horse person or just as a regular person? Well, Karen, do you want to jump in there? I, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's very interesting. Like Lisa said that, um, you know, you travel around and, you know, I mean, that's the, what's so enriching in life is the variety and some people operate, well, everybody operates, you know, very uniquely, you know, as an individual. Um, some people with goals, you know, Glenn, if you, I'm sure you've sat down and said, okay, I've really got to do this, and you make all these goals, and they turn into something that just, you know, haunts you and torments you and makes you feel bad about yourself, right? Yeah, and I think that's when I stopped. And by yeah. the way, that was when I was, <laughs> like, 18. Um, right. Yeah. Right, and so you have a different way of, of operating. You obviously, you know, you get things done, but just in a different structure. What I find with, you know, type A personalities that have a lot of goals and structure and that kind of thing, and they, you know, like Lisa said, that's how I know I'm moving towards this. And, um, you know, you said 
you know, how do I evaluate even listening to this podcast? Is it contributing to me moving towards my goals? Um, you know, that's, that's a certain operating system. It's, you know, just like computers, you know, where, Glenn, I think kind of you and I'm kind of on that same stage. I listen to something and think, does this interest me? You know, and that's where if something resonates with me, then it's moving towards my idea and my dreams. And, you know, I'm kind of on that operating system. And, you know, dreams, you know, like a radio show, have become even bigger than maybe what you had uh, first imagined. Simply oh, yeah. because you, you have the motivation and the impetus through how you feel rather than kind of the structure of the intellect. So it's simply different um operating systems, and yet how we operate, we sometimes we tend to think, well, other people sh- should operate you know, like I do. If everybody just thought like I did, the world would be a better place, right? Well, then I'm a PC and Helena's a Mac. <laughs> right. That's good. <laughs> yes, that's very good. Because Helena actually great. works, and I crash all the time. But you know yeah, what? I, no, I do. I do work, but I'm a little all over the place. Like I'm a little creative in my organization. I mean, I used to be very rigid and structured when um, my plate wasn't as full. And then now it's full with children and a job and horses and all that stuff. And so, you know, I, I am naturally type A. Um, and so being organized makes me feel better and it does help me accomplish things. However, there and I'm sure there are people out there like me who do get stressed out like it, you have this list of things to do and that list just keeps growing and growing and you go oh my god I, I can't be organized anymore because like my organizational skills are killing me yeah you know and I, I think so many people are like that um Kalina because you know you, you think of a goal and and you set this plan and and a lot of people think it's a rigid document or a rigid plan and it's not it really needs to be at least in my my opinion it needs to be flexible and fluid and um, when when you just become overwhelmed, I think some of that is you have to sit back and say, what's important to me? And I, I really liked what Karen said about how does this make me feel and, and what, what really resonates with you and what, what makes you excited and passionate. And those, that's where you need to direct your goals. And, you know, whether it's establishing a, a better relationship with your horse or maybe it's it's going on your first trail ride or or um, learning to uh, canter if you're a beginner, whatever your individual goals are with your horse, um, you know, you, you, I think you have to have a plan to get there. But if you become overwhelmed by that plan, then you kind of need to sit back and reevaluate because, you know, you don't need, it doesn't need to be an overwhelming process. Well, and I think that, too, that relates back. I taught sales for – I joke about the goals thing. You know, I, I pro- I'm probably over uh, – I'm oversimplifying uh, because I have done it in the past, obviously. You know, when I was in sales, goals are – you live by your goals. You get paid by your goals. And I taught sales for many years, and I think that comes to having short-term goals and long-term goals and then even breaking down your short-term goals into smaller pieces so that you're biting off a little bit at a time and you're not becoming overwhelmed. That's probably the easiest way to do it. But Helena also made a good point in that uh, to achieve those goals, you're you're doing your to-do lists and you're trying to get through the day doing other things and as well as achieving your goals. And I think that's what gets overwhelming a point which is why you have to have those little landmarks along the way to feed your ego and keep you going. Yeah, and, you know, I, I tell people to, you know, over the course of a year, you've got 365 days. And if you do one thing every day towards your goal over 365 days, I mean, that's 365 things you've done to take steps towards your goal. And you can make a lot of accomplishments just by five minutes a day, whatever your goal is. Five minutes a day. Carving out five minutes a day is like an act of Congress in my house, though. (laughs) You know, and so, but you're right. You know, to do it in small increments is, for some people, the only way to get it done. And I like that, Glenn, that you said you you need to set these intermediate, (laughs) intermediary landmarks to feed your ego because – that's part of that motivation. Well, it also that helps least, us people with ADD it, because otherwise it, we get bored about the second day. It, so. <laughs> Either bored or overwhelmed. That can absolutely be something. I was listening to, to uh, a similar topic, you know, just on television around the end of the year, and, you know, a, a life coaching person talking about setting goals and, you know, resolutions and things like that. And, and it was an interesting perspective. And he said, you know, sometimes we have these giant goals. They seem too overwhelming. And then we allow ourselves to get caught up in, you know, all the kind of little things because it just seems too far out there. So, like, you know, what you're saying, Lisa, she, 
she was saying, okay, if your your goal, say, is to work out instead of saying, I'm going to go to the gym, you know, five days a week, which, like, five minutes, you know, you're saying is, a, is an act of Congress at your house. She said, just shift that and say, I want to go to the gym twice this week. That's my goal. Until that becomes integrated and more comfortable and more part of your routine and then add an extra day. And, and you know, I hadn't really thought of it that way. If somebody would teach you how to set effective goals, achievable goals, then you feel good about accomplishing those things. And I think sometimes what we aren't so good at, you know, we set goals, but we don't always recognize or reinforce or reward ourselves for achieving the smaller goals. We, we look at that and say, well, I made a dent in it, but look how much more I have to go. It looks like a mountain, and it tends to demotivate us. Yes. So I think sometimes we're not good at recognizing where we're at with our horse, where we've come from with our horse, and, and to celebrate that and feel good about that because we tend to have a pattern of looking at where we want it to be in the gap to get there. Oh, you're so right. how do we do that? How do we give ourselves a great big hug and say, hey, <laughs> look what you just did. I mean, it's especially for people who are like, you know, really trucking toward that big that big goal you know you're, you're like all right that i just achieved something how do we turn around look back on it and say i say i well say done. you throw a party you know i i just i just think she lives you know, in nashville you, well yeah <laughs> i'm liking this keep going motto of nashville. <laughs> i'm liking it i'm listening keep going but, but you know let's let's say you want to learn to jump and all of a sudden you you've actually made it through you know, a set of four ground poles at, at a two-point, you know, which, which is a step in learning to jump. Celebrate that. Celebrate that small achievement and invite some friends over and, and coast that and have a party or either do, do that or do something special for yourself, you know, that, that you've always wanted to do. Maybe, maybe you've wanted to go to a special restaurant, you know, so take your, take your special loved one or have them take you to a, to a special restaurant and celebrate it. Make a big deal about it. You know, I, I work a lot in the field of disabilities with, with horses, with people who have, uh, disabilities and we celebrate baby steps and I think you know we need to take that onto a broader scheme and and everybody needs to celebrate baby steps because it is it's a big achievement and and it really power powers you up and motivates you to do more uh, so how do you how is it um, or I guess how can people see what big goals and then within that what smaller goals they need to set for themselves you know some people can't see the forest from the trees and therefore have trouble just setting the goals to begin with you know you can wake up one day and say i want to jump or i want to you know make the olympics in 2012 um but there's you know for the rest of the world they're they're their goals are a little bit more complicated whether they have to do with riding or relationships or just life so like I wish I had somebody who, you know, it's really hard to get that bird's eye view of yourself. So how do you, who do you turn to if you need an extra pair of eyes on the ground? I'll, I'll tell you something that I've done, um, you know, in recent years. I mean, you're asking a very good question, and this is kind of my question. My husband and I ask each other often is, you know, who teaches life skills? To me, that's a life, that's a skill set. But we're not taught that. You know, we're not taught that in our, you know, uh, traditional education. Um, and somebody that uh, has been very uh, insightful in giving me those types of skills is a person called Tony Robbins. And, uh, you know, and I'm always, I'm crazy about learning and, you know, in the horse industry and psychology and all kinds of things. And uh, I went to a course uh, probably about 10 years ago. And he actually gives practical, like I've seen motivational speakers and, you know, you come out and you're rah-rah and then it kind of goes back to, you know, kind of the same, same thing right. before you even went to the talk. Uh, but he gives actually, to me, for me, very practical uh, skills that were very easy to integrate and maintain over a long period of time. I mean, years and years and years. Uh, but again, it was something that I didn't have that insight for, you know, prior to that. And when I went to it, I had a totally different idea of what it was I was going to. When I got into it, I went, wow, this is completely different than what I had envisioned in my mind, um, just based on past experiences. And I was able to take, I, I consider what he teaches a technology, and been able to take that and integrate it into many areas of my life. And, um, you know, have have you know, felt the effects of that. I've, I've been very grateful for having the opportunity to, you know, study those kind of technologies with him. 
You know, Karen, I think that you may touch on something that really touched me is is that you know, there really isn't one way to set goals and and to do your checklist and to implement those goals. I mean, you have to find a way that works for you. And if somebody tells you, well, it's got to be done this way and that way doesn't work for you, then you're just gonna, totally going to throw the whole idea out and not even you know consider goal setting anymore. So you have to find a way that that works for you. And um, you know, when you went to to the seminar and it was something different from what you had anticipated. I think that's really cool because you were able to embrace that. And I think, you know, our listeners kind of need to, to be thinking that way is, is to just find whatever way works for them and, and right. that's how they're going to do it. And I think that that's a really good point you make, Lisa, because, you know, even in teaching with horses, when, when we're teaching, you're adjusting to the individual. It's not mm-hmm. what I want for them. It's finding out what's important to them, what motivates them, what drives them, and then adjusting the delivery of the information for that individual. And that's what I found with Toya Robbins is that you didn't go in and go into his program. His program was flexible enough that you could take the pieces that, you know, whether, you know, you're a type A person or you're a creative person, that kind of thing, it was it would have the kind of structure that you could put it into a practical use based on your own style. It didn't change you. It made you really look within and find out what drives you. And that's sometimes what, you know, we don't do in life. You know, life happens to us, and, and that's reasonable. You know, we have kids, we have horses, we have jobs, you know, and in, in a way, you know, things happen to us. But at some point, we stop, whether it's, you know, conscious or sometimes subconscious. You know, I, I say I'm really enjoying my midlife crisis right now, you know, <laughs> um, and that's what midlife crisis, you kind of stop and go, how did I get here and who am I and what do I really want? And, you know, those are just those little adjustments that we can make in our life to, you know, maybe take a little different pathway or even view ourselves a little bit differently by gaining, you know, something objective. I think that's what horses do for us. Horses are a wonderful way, if you can look at them that way, as a reflection of our approach, you know, in our in our life sometimes. And we make those yeah. adjustments and, and uh, yeah, just experience that change. Yeah, and, you know, Karen, Karen and I were speaking on the phone yesterday and, and realized that we both had just come out of a year where we were both totally overcommitted. And and so, Helen, when you said, um, you know, finding five minutes is, is kind of like an act of God in your house, yeah. I think, you know, once you find something that's really passionate for you, uh, you've got to find time to actually work toward that goal or actually make that happen. And sometimes that involves delegating. Um, maybe somebody else can do the laundry two days a week or somebody else can make dinner or somebody else can do something that you normally do. And you can take that time and apply it toward, you know, steps towards your goal. And, you know, when, when you get to that overcommitted um, and overwhelmed status, just everything shuts down and nothing really gets done. And um, that that is something I think in, in looking at goals is, is to make sure you're not biting off too much of a chunk and be realistic about what you can actually accomplish. Well, that's a big, that's a big chunk because, I think that's how we get into trouble. And sorry, Glenn, but I think how women I are a little bit trouble. more prone to this than, than men are um, <laughs> mm-hmm. in that we tend to bite off more that we can chew. It's like the minute we do carve out five minutes or we carve out some space for ourselves and we have breathing room, there are folks who, and again, they tend to be women, who automatically that space is filled with something else, whether it's by choice or by default. So mm-hmm. I almost wish that I had... Something in my toolbox that said, that helped me to say no, or I want to do this. I want to take this on. I want to take another horse. I want to learn reining, but I really just shouldn't right now. And that's a a self-control. I don't know. Is it willpower? Is it self-control? Is it perspective? What is that? And how do we get it? You know, how do we stop ourselves from getting to that place to begin I think you have a really good point, Elena, I mean, and that was actually the exact words we used yesterday, and wasn't it, Lisa, learning to say no. You know, we get to an age where we just have to be realistic about things, and, and I, you know, I, you know, it is horsemanship for women, and the men who love them, um, but those are a lot of the things that are reflected in the horsemanship, and again, you know, we, we say yes, you know, we say yes, and a lot of the times I find with women when, um, I'll ask an audience at an expo, you know, raise your hand if if you're wanting to make sure that that horse likes you. 
And there's kind of a thing in the woman's mind that we're going, okay, how are we being viewed? And I think by others. And I think that that shapes our behavior because, you know, we're people pleasers. We're support. You know, it's kind of in our nature to support. That's how we show love and caring, you know, towards others. Um, and we become like a doormat. I ask people, raise your hand if you've ever felt like a doormat. And we raise our hands. And I say, now, whose fault is that? But again, that's a skill set, you know. But when you get to a point of overwhelm, to me, instead of looking at that feeling, that, that awful feeling and the frustration and, and your you know, spouse comes in and says, well, you just have to say no. And you go, well, I can't do that because Susan help you with the kids. And da, 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 da. You know, there's this whole thing going on in our head. Um, but when we get uncomfortable like that, I think it's you know, like Lisa's point, you have to, it forces you. It becomes so painful that it causes you to step back and look at it objectively and say, okay, what's most important? Do I do ringing right now? Do I do this right now? Or do I shelve it, not throw it away, and say, you know, there's going to be a time for that, you know? I'm, yeah, and that, you know, I say, that takes yeah. some soul searching, I think. And, and I also think, too, that, that sometimes making an appointment with yourself is, is a good strategy, uh, even if it's just to think about that that concept maybe maybe you're you know from one to two on Saturday afternoon you're going to take some time for yourself and you're scheduling that appointment just like you would your your child's soccer game or mm-hmm. or you know lunch with a friend and where you actually have some dedicated time that you've carved out maybe it takes you three weeks to find that hour but that that's an appointment that you're not going to break with yourself and you can assess that that those thoughts and those goals and uh, or even work towards your goal if you've already decided that this is really something you want to pursue now. See, I have none of these problems. When you don't have any goals, <laughs> I don't have any of these problems because I'm never setting myself up for failure, which is probably what, <laughs> which if you think about it and really analyze it is probably the one of the main reasons that people don't do goals is because they've set themselves up for failure in the past and they go, well, if I just don't do that anymore, then I don't have that disappointment or, you know, or that sadness that's involved with not achieving it. So how do you operate? You have some really really goal-oriented people that you've surrounded yourself with, whether intentionally or subconsciously. The people around you are setting goals, and you're just kind of of drawn up in their wake. You're just following along. Yeah, and I, you know, wow. really one of the, she's got you pegged. That is true. And I'm probably, you know, on the other side, and I have seen this too when I was in sales, I, I'm a very creative person. I they have more ideas than I know what to do with. Um, the creative people tend to not be as good at setting goals as the, the, as the Helena types, the structured, the everything organized. And I'm not saying you're not creative, Helena, but. Yes, you are. Uh, <laughs> She's very creative. But we tend to, and I noticed that with salespeople too. The very creative salespeople were ones that, and some of the times the best salespeople were the ones who, who had goals, but they, were, they had goals, long-term goals that they followed to a T, but they could not get their applications done. They could not get their paperwork done. They were the best salespeople, but boy, the details just went right by them. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and maybe that's more an issue of time management um, than than actual goal setting. All right, so let's talk about the average pocket. horse owner out there who who maybe has you know they do have some goals. They they say, well, I want to do this with my horse sometime. You know, I want to I want to go on an Actha trail ride at some point, maybe towards the end of the year. And and I do know this about goals, and and this is one of the most important things, and probably the first thing is you can have goals in the head your head all you want. An effective goal has to be written down. You have to write yes. them down. Don't you guys agree with that? I agree. Yeah. 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 I, just... Absolutely. And, you know, when my husband and I first got married 23 years ago, we, we wrote down, you know, because we understood the power of actually physically writing it down. You can't have it in your head. And we wrote this list of where we wanted to travel to. And it was amazing. All of a sudden, we looked at this you know, what seemed like an insurmountable list, and we just were, you know, crossing them off and going, wow, we are really you know, making this happen. So you're absolutely right. When you write down those specific things, it puts us at a subconscious level moving towards that. 
Absolutely. And you know, Karen, I, what I like about that is you didn't just say you wanted to travel. I mean, you, you really got more specific with it than that. And, and you said, this is where I want to travel. And, and, you know, I always like putting my list someplace where I can see it. And I like seeing the little check marks. And I actually have a, one of those little, um, plastic containers full of gold stars. And mm-hmm. when I, I achieved something on my goal list, whether it's even a tiny to-do list. I put a gold star up there because that makes me feel really cool. You and Helena would get along great. <laughs> you guys are sisters. <laughs> I, but the problem now is that I want to do those things but find myself similar to these women as having so overcommitted that I can't even – I don't even have the time to reward myself with a gold mm-hmm. star. And um, you – I have to find that motivation again to create to carve well, out that space. Yeah, and I, I think I think as Karen said, learning learning to say no so that you're not overcommitted in the future, and and to take those existing commitments and see what what can you delegate, what what even small thing can can you delegate, and and once you start getting you know the the concept of delegation in your mind, all of a sudden you start finding small chunks of time freeing up. It takes a little bit of time. It might take you a month or two, but but I think you'll start seeing that if if you can just start thinking along those lines. Now I have to laugh because this this might sound totally crazy and and out there, but um, one of the ways that I start my day is that I sit down at my computer and I have an iGoogle account. I I do everything out of Google, and one of the things that iGoogle gives you the opportunity to do is set up these tips, these how-tos for the day. Mm-hmm. And there's all kinds of crazy how-tos, you know, how to knit a hat out of alpaca stuff or whatever, <laughs> and, you know, really silly things. But every once in a while, there are these little tips for life skills actually do pop up, and they, they could come right out of Tony Robbins' books, you know. it's and, and they're really valuable. And so I thought, well, geez, I could just – if I don't – for example, I don't know how to say no. I, I'm one of those people who – and I spent – quite a few years in sales as well. And one of the things that helped me to be a successful salesperson was to have these canned phrases. So anytime somebody had an objection or somebody said something, I had this, this pre-thought out phrase or sentence or paragraph that would fit every situation. And I think I, sometimes I sit down, I go into iGoogle and I say, I wish they had, there was, somebody would come up with a tip for 101 ways to say no thank you, or I'd love to, but I can't, you know. Can we, have you ever done that? Have you ever just Googled how to say no? How do I, how does, how do you say no? <laughs> well, you know, I, I think you have a really good point there. And that was something, you know, when I. God, she must know. have dated a lot when she was a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, no. a lot is good. This, you know. So, in fact, I talk about, you know, when people will say, well, how do I buy the right words? I said, you know, look at, if you want to find a, a really good horse, commit to looking at at least 10. If you want to find a really great horse, commit to looking at 20. You know, and I say, you don't have to raise your hand, but who wish you dated more, you know, before you got married? <laughs> <laughs> Dating's good, good. That's a good But, point. you know, you bring up a really good point. Um, and I think that it, because I'm the type of person, I'm the same way. If if somebody comes up and says, "Hey, Karen, I do you want to?" and I'm I say yes before I even think about you know how how the impact's going to be because you know I I enjoy the interaction, I enjoy doing things for people and and this kind of thing. I think in absence, kind of in what is important to me and the clarity of where I'm moving towards, then I'm kind of like a, a ship without the the compass, you know, and, you know, we have goals, but it's like taking a trip, like you, what you were saying, um, you know, you, you never feel bad because you don't set goals. Well, that's like the vacation my husband and I took. We flew into Boston. We had no plans. We got in a rental car and just drove around to see where we wanted to go. We were never lost. We found really interesting places, you know. And, and, and you, you saw you, things. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defend myself yeah. a little bit here. You, yeah. you saw things on that trip that you would not have seen had you planned on just going to Fenio Market and yeah. doing all the touristy stuff. You, you saw things that you would have never come across. But you know exactly. what? That's a goal in itself is just to go exactly. to Boston and, and just have an adventure. Yeah, that's true. Yes. Yeah. And, and so if you look at it that way and say, okay, this part of my life is involved with, you know, kids or church or, you know, whatever those things are. And, and I can't tell you how many people I deal with where they say, you know what, the kids are grown and gone, and now I'm, re- I'm reprioritizing me. 
you know, that's a huge thing for women. You know, I, I was in a conversation with a very good friend yesterday, and she said, you know what, 2012 is I'm going to prioritize me, you know, my health, well, that, my goals. And that's exactly uh, why the largest growing population of uh, horse people, new horse people entering is 40-year-old women. Yep, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and, well, you know, that, I, I think, I think too, for me, being able to set goals, I mean, my, my space, my physical space has to be, Uncluttered, so may, maybe it's a goal just to, you know, two Saturdays from now you're going to spend two hours and reorganize your tack room, and and um, I think just having that organization in your physical space sometimes helps organize your mind and helps that goal setting and and uh, getting those little details to come out and, and actually happen. When are you coming to Lexington next? I have an office here. If you uh... <laughs> no, <laughs> so oh, let wow. me just. See? I'm sorry, we had this conversation. I, I need to. I need to get something clear for a minute because if if in listening to this conversation, as I'm participating in it, what I heard from the other side of the fence, i.e., the Glens of the world, is that he doesn't naturally have this goal-setting tendency. So he has surrounded himself with people who do set goals. That's one way to create some of this, you know, to create goals in your life is to get other people, you know, in your camp. But what about the people like Glenn? You know, he doesn't have kids to worry about. He really just has his own mind to to rein in. Um that's difficult sometimes. Yeah, how do people like that? How do you, how do those cr- super creative people um, tap into a skill set that just doesn't come naturally to them? I think it starts small. Or, or does Glenn need to? I mean, That's Glenn, you, are you happy in your life? Are you do you get things done? I mean, it sounds like your office is is I can picture it. It's a very <laughs> office of a very creative person, right? Yeah, can't see the actual desk. I'm sort of in the middle, actually, when it comes to that. I, I, I'm actually the exact opposite of my wife, who, who, who has the absolute perfect office. Um, but, you know, yet I still go through about every month and I clean it up because it does start to drive me crazy after a while. Yet I'm the one with the clean car and she has the horse girl car. And I, and I'm sorry. There's going to be those listeners out there that are offended. I said that 99% of you know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> so so I'm sort of in the middle on that. But yeah, I mean, part of being a very creative person is if you had so much structure does inhibit creativity sometimes because it doesn't allow your mind the time to just wander. Um. And I, I think that even Helena will admit that when your life becomes so structured, you do become a little less creative because your mind isn't allowed the time to play. I, I agree with that. Yeah, and I think balance there is important on both sides. You know, um, if, if you really want to, you know, live a full life and achieve everything you, you really are passionate about, there has to be balance. And, and you can't be overstructured and overcommitted, and you can't be so loose that nothing gets done either. So, um, well, and, you know, you know, I saw so many salespeople that made $300,000 a year. You know, they, they made a lot of money. And they missed life. Yeah. You know, there, there's another side to that, too. They just missed life. They missed their kids' lives. They, you know, didn't have a relationship to their wife to speak of. They just worked. And they got to the point where they got to be 50 years old, and they said, I don't have any life. I didn't, I didn't do anything but work. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, that has a certain amount of satisfaction to it until you get to a certain point in your life, and then you go, there had to be more. 99% of those people said at some point, there had to be more, and I missed it. I think I got to that a little sooner in life because you know I got burnt out on, on the whole uh, selling uh, investment thing. I think after about twenty years, and said, "There's just got to I got to enjoy life more," you know. And I think that's also why I sort of rebelled against the whole setting of goals and trying to follow a, a strict a structure uh, that that was tough. So your pendulum yeah, again, just swung I, the other my, way. Yeah, and in my mind, you know, a goal setting thing is a fluid document and it, it needs to be changed and reevaluated continually, sometimes even hourly. Um, it's, it's just a plan to get, get you where you want to be and, and whether you carry that in your head or you write it down or you're really visible about it. Um, I think everybody has goals, um, but, but how they achieve those goals may depend, like Karen said, uh, from person to person because they just have different personalities. 
And I do believe, by the way, I'm not saying I don't, I don't think anybody should set goals. I do believe in goals. I think that they work. If you have them, they actually work. Uh, if you really work towards them, they work. And one of the things, you, you know, you talked about uh, Tony Robbins, and that immediately reminded me of my salesman training days with the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People from Stephen mm-hmm. Covey, one of the most sold books in the world in history. Mm-hmm. And it is true, it goes back to what Helena says, you know, if you, it goes back to what whoever said that earlier in the show, instead of saying we're going to the gym five days a week, I'll start with one day a week, make that a habit, and then make two days a habit. Once you start doing these things on a regular basis, they don't become, you're achieving a goal, but they're, they're something you don't even think about anymore, they're a habit. And, and right. that's how you achieve the big goals, is by developing a ton of little, very effective habits. Yeah, you have to walk before you can run. I mean, it's, it's, I'm back to, uh, you know, just walk, trot, and basic canter now when I'm riding. I had to create all new goals. You know, the first time I sat back in the saddle, I said, I'm just, I'm going to sit in the saddle. I'm going to get on. You know, and the next day it was, I'm going to get on and I'm going to put my feet in the stirrups. And I find it really interesting that when it comes to horses, um, someone like me is, it's the only time that I can, and this is life skills through horsemanship, I, I think, is that mm-hmm. I, it slows me down enough where I'm happy with those baby steps. I don't need big goals. Yeah, I can yeah. sort of see the big picture, but I'm happy saying, you know, maybe within the next, by the end of the month, I just want to be able to sit the trot. And, uh, but, you know, how, this is a big leap, I think. I don't know. Maybe it's not. Maybe my mind is just all over the place. Taking that time with your horse and the way it improves your life, transitioning that from the barn to your house, to your office, to your car. Give me, let's talk about the, that thought process. Well, thing the thing about horses to me is, like I said earlier, they, they become this reflection for us because it's hard to be objective. You know, we're in our head and it, it's, it's difficult for us to have an objective viewpoint. And there's one skill that um, I think horses, we have the opportunity to develop with horses. That's the ability to observe the others around us and reflect on our approach towards them and how our approach might be influencing them and then being able to learn to adjust and adapt our approach. I mean, is that not what you do with children? You, mm. you know, yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no instructions, you know, that come with, it, with kids. And so you learn to adapt and adjust, you know, to be an effective parent. Um, so it's the same thing with horses. It's the same thing in sales. It's the same thing in, in goal setting. How do we you know, adapt and adjust. And if you look at, you compare horses to humans, who's more adaptable creature? <laughs> you know, yeah, not the, the, the humans. <laughs> right. And, and so that's how the horse becomes that reflection for us. And we have the opportunity to learn about ourselves, you know, through the horse and even observing others. Yeah, and what, what we learn through horses, we then can translate into our interactions with people. And I think that's one reason why, you know, as you said, Glenn, the over 40 women group has, has really embraced the whole horse culture because, you know, if, if your horse is walking all over you and being disrespectful, well, it's very likely that your teenage children are walking all over you and being dis- disrespectful or maybe even your coworkers. So, well, you know, it's a very... Yeah, it's a very visual way to to learn and grow yourself just by interacting with a horse. That's very interesting. That's a good statement. And now mm. that I'm thinking back to the time in our life of 10, 12 years, we had a big boarding stable. Uh, boy, I never put those two together, but you're absolutely right. The, mm-hmm. the, the, the parents that had the kids running around the barn totally out of control, horses were a pain in the neck, too. Yeah, right. Uh, boy, right. that's Wow. <laughs> And what's interesting also is in different areas of our life, um, you know, I've had people where, you know, I talk about leadership with horses and what that means, you know, benevolent leadership. You know, it's not getting mean or mad, but it's being, um, you know, effective, not aggressive. You know, aggressive is is emotion-driven, you know, while assertive is behavioral-driven. And uh, one woman came to me, she says, I get it. She says, I treat my horse like I treat my teenage boys. I said, are your teenage boys well-mannered? She said, you bet they are. <laughs> you got it. And somehow in her mind, she didn't transfer that. She thought, oh, the horse and 
sing Kumbaya and we'll connect in this. She, she <laughs> saw the correlation, but she didn't didn't necessarily apply that, you know, that same um, approach or similar, you know, application of that approach of leadership. And that horses, dogs, and children, employees, coworkers, they're attracted to that, you know, and leadership to me is a learnable skill. And it's not something that we're necessarily, you know, taught, just like goal setting. Um, yeah, but and, and who I'm sorry, I was, I was going to say, learning to lead can be a goal. Learning to be a leader yeah. in, in your life or with your horse, uh, that can be a goal in itself. Well, guys, Absolutely. we are running out of time here. I hate to interrupt, but uh, we're, we're, we've, uh, we, we're just running out of time. It's hard to believe that this much time has gone by already. Tell me, <laughs> I'm going to want each of you to give some last final comments on goal setting, and then also tell us uh, where people can learn more about what you do. And Karen, uh, uh, we'll start with you. Okay. Um, you know, to me, that, that last piece of leadership is a real key. Um, leadership is a, a quality at, that we can develop in ourselves when we get some insights. You know, and people say, oh, I'm meek and mild and I'm, you know, timid and these kinds of things. Um, but you can't absolutely learn that in a way that's comfortable, you know, for you. So in taking that, you know, like Lisa said, you know, developing a leadership quality can be a personal goal. Um, people tend to shy away from it, especially women, because they perceive leadership as being aggressive. Uh, but leadership is not in a uh, form of aggression. It's a clarity in communication. So, you know, what I offer in my program, and I direct it towards, you know, women, how we think, that little voice in our head, you know, the, the need to be liked, all those kinds of things are addressed. Um, and you can develop that, develop those skills by, you know, observing DVDs, going out, interacting with your horses. You know, when we talked about goal setting, a lot of times it's just my goal today is to, you know, leave the house, make my little feet, move out the door, get and just get out there and interact with the horse. Even if you have no idea what you're going to do or you do have an idea and it changes once you get out there, just put yourself out there and have the interaction and allow whatever's going to happen and transpire between you. And then go and learn more, you know, watch more DVDs or get to a clinic or, you know, get to some form of education, a book, or go online, listen to, you know, podcasts and things like this. You know, get inspired, get re-motivated and know that you can accomplish anything that, you know, even beyond your wildest dreams. Don't let anybody, especially yourself, tell you that you can't do it. You are absolutely empowered to be able to do those things if you find the right kind of resources. So keep searching for that and keep exploring those things. And, of course, you can find Karen's resources at com. And, Karen, I did notice on your schedule at a glance for 2012 on your website – you're going to be at the Hoosier Horse Fair in Indianapolis, Indiana in April, and I'll get to meet you then because they're bringing uh, horses in the morning or live morning show in. We're going to do a show from there, and then they have us doing some announcing and some emceeing during the weekend. So, uh, yes, I look forward to meeting you there. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll make sure that uh, we'll make sure we get you on the air a little bit that morning. We do the live show from there too. Great, um, so I'll bring the call. We'll look forward to seeing you. And Lisa, your final comments? Yeah, you know, I, I think uh, find 15 minutes of uninterrupted time, sit quietly, try and find out what is important to you, what's passionate uh, to you, and um, then take small baby steps to toward that goal, whether it's five minutes a day, write it down, write down what you did, and, and every week look over everything that you did, and you'll be amazed at the progress that you make. And it doesn't matter whether your goal is, is to strengthen your relationship with your horse or to learn to post or to go on a trail ride. Just, just make those goals small and um, achievable and then just celebrate them. Um, you can find me at lisawysaki.com and Wysaki is spelled W-Y-S-O-C-K-Y. And I'm on Facebook with Sam Powell at The Power of a Whisper. And she has about a million books on Amazon. Um, yes. yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you both very much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Uh, in a way, I'm sorry we had this conversation because now Helena is going to be reminding me of these things all the time. Good. <laughs> so like, Thank you, guys. We'll check really in on your progress. Thank all right, you. good. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Happy New Year. Okay, my brain is spinning. <laughs> I thought goals were supposed to make it simpler. <laughs> I know, I know, but those two were great together. They were fabulous. Yeah. It's um, 
I, I, I guess I need to stop setting so many goals for myself. <laughs> and you need to start setting more. <laughs> I need to start setting more. I, guess what I just wrote down? What? Set goals. <laughs> I did. I wrote that down on my pad here. My, one of my resolutions this year, um, one of my goals this year, I, I hate to call them resolutions because I never keep those. I know, but, yeah. But uh, was to actually write down at least a to-do list. So that's a goal in itself, right? Is to that's a perfectly good one. make a to-do list every day. Well, that's what the, Lisa and Karen were saying is just start small. And, you know, it's funny. It's just like, remember how we both lost weight? We, yes. we started with like very simple things. For me, it was just adding, you know, more water to my day, drinking more way, water. It's time to go back to those simple things for me. <laughs> Do you, did you really have to bring that up? <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. We're Another just goal. coming out of the holidays. All right. We got to start over. Another goal. Another goal, keep them small. And it's just like in sales and in customer service, you know, set your expectations low and then you'll always exceed them. Well, set your goals small and achievable. And as you accomplish them, you'll get the motivation to keep doing more. One of the things I ran into um, was when I was younger, like in the salesman days and in high school and everywhere, is I have a almost photographic memory. And when I got sick there with Lyme disease, which we've talked about on the show here before, and I was very sick for almost a year, I lost a lot of that. So I was so used to being able to run 20 appointments a week without writing anything down. And when you're so used to doing that for so many years and you can't anymore, I think also it just kind of bugs you. You know what I mean? Mm. You kind of get disappointed that you can't do that anymore. But I finally come, I finally accepted the fact that I just can't do it anymore. So I'm doing better about a calendar, which I never had before. In all those years of running 20 appointments a week, I never had it because I had one of those memories. What Do you have a paper calendar or do you have a... Oh, I use Google yeah. now. I use Google calendars now and have it tied into Jennifer's Google calendar. So we have the family one. That's what we do too. I'll yeah. tell you, that's been my saving grace is that Google calendar. And I send myself text messages. So for all of my um, appointments, everything, I get... Uh, a little reminder text, like, you know, whatever, a half an hour, an hour before it's going to yep, happen. Yep, yep. Because I don't, the worst feeling in the world is when you go, oh. <gasps> I know. And I still, I I still totally have that occasion. Everybody has that occasion. Oh, that's the worst <laughs> feeling in the world. That's true. That's true. Well, let's get on to talking about stuff. This Tack and Habit segment is sponsored by Kentucky Performance Products. Choose Kentucky Performance Products supplements because the horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. This week, I'm going to talk about Elevate Maintenance Powder. This time of year, horses are consuming very little grass and may not be getting enough natural vitamin E. Horses who are in rigorous training, seniors, brood mares, and stallions often require additional levels of vitamin E to meet their needs. When you supplement with natural vitamin E, choose Elevate Maintenance Powder. It's affordable, it's effective, and most importantly, it's research proven. Elevate Maintenance Powder's vitamin E is nature's most powerful antioxidant. You can protect your horse on the cellular level. Elevate Maintenance Powder supports a strong immune system and healthy muscle function that's necessary for top performance and health. It's affordable, it's easy to feed, and you can learn, can learn more about it and all the KPP products online at kppusa.com. Thank you, Helena. And I did want to mention that uh, on the morning show, Horses in the Morning, we're going to be doing a live uh, show next Friday. I think it's the 13th from the offices and warehouse of Kentucky Performance Products. They just moved into a new facility, bigger place with more space to get uh, more product out to people. And we're heading over there. We're actually going to do the morning show live from there. So you might want to tune in for that. Well, the product I have for you this week is one that we are so glad we found. And our dog, Glory, our, our, our greyhound, is very glad we found it, too. <laughs> we were, we, it was over the summer, or in the fall, and we said, ah, we're going to need to get Glory a, a blanket. Now, one of the problems that you have buying dog blankets is that... Greyhounds are longer than most dogs. So regular dog bl blankets don't fit greyhounds. They just are too short. 
Oh, right. Greyhounds are so much longer than most dogs. So, so we never, you always had to buy special greyhound blankets. Well, special greyhound blankets made, you know, by hand by people are very expensive. And, you know, even if you go to PetSmart to buy a dog blanket and things, you're going to pay, what, $50, $60 and for your dog, a million. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you'll pay $200 for a blanket for your dog because <laughs> it's more like a horse blanket. Stop it. Um, Why do you have to point this stuff out to me? <laughs> so My dog doesn't need a blanket. That's true. He's got a lot of hair. Uh, but, you know, greyhounds blanket. don't. We needed a blanket for this dog because yeah. they have no hair at all. <clears throat> greyhounds need to live in the tropics. Yes, that's true. So do humans. Well, and you know, last couple mornings here, it's been almost 10 degrees. So, it, you know, even in Lexington, it's been very cold. Well, thank God we were at a horse show at the horse park in the fall, and we walked by this trailer that had dog blankets, and we went, well, I've never seen this brand before. Let's just uh, try one on. And it fit her perfectly because they tend to run a little big. And guess what? It was 20 bucks. Oh, wow. For a 600 denier, ripstop, waterproof, poly shell, 158-gram, polyfill dog blanket, which has a breathable lining. It has, now, ours has a snap front. It has, uh, you know, uh, not snaps, but uh, buckle front. So it has a buckle closure that you can adjust, mm-hmm. and it has the Velcro under the, under the chest. And now dog blankets don't come with uh, leg straps, so you don't have to worry about that. But this blanket has been the best thing. We put it on her. She doesn't mind having it on. She is so warm when she comes back because it's really a medium-weight horse blanket. And that's the cool thing. It's made by the Tough One, which is a a horse blanket line. So it it looks just like a little horse blanket. She's so cute, and I'll post a picture of her on Facebook. But it looks like – you see in the picture there. Doesn't it look like a little tiny horse blanket? It, exactly like one. In fact, yeah. when you first put it up, I thought it, we were talking full blankets. I'm like, who's got a full? <laughs> who's where'd she find this? Why would you know? Why would you guys find a full blanket? Yeah, it looks exactly like a it horse blanket. It does. It has shoulder gussets in it. It has the shoulder gussets to allow movement. This is one of the nicest dog blankets that we've ever bought, and that includes the ones we spent almost a hundred dollars for. Wow. She is so warm when she gets back. She loves wearing her dog blanket. And, you know, one of the problems we have with our last Greyhound is she wouldn't go to the bathroom with her blanket on. So you'd have Mm. to take her blanket off or she'd hold it for a week. She wouldn't even pee. She wouldn't even pee with her blanket on. So we had to take it off. This one, no problem whatsoever. I tell you what, I can't say enough good things about it. And the reviews I read, I went online and read reviews uh, at uh, horselovers.com has these blankets Guess what their price is at horselovers.com? What? $13 for a dog blanket. Oh, my gosh. I'm not kidding. So we'll put a link on our show notes to it. Uh, But Horse Lovers, all the comments were the same. Tough, durable. Now, the one thing is they tend to run a little bit large, so you have to keep that in mind. They do have measurements on there, but everybody was commenting they run a little large, which I think is why they fit our Greyhound. Right, exactly. So, exactly. So something to look at. It's a simple little product, but my God, does it is it work? It's, does it come in other colors besides it comes the in red? A, a huge variety of colors. We have a blue one. There's like seven or eight different colors. That's one of the cool things about it. And they're all two tone. I, so I just like love cool it. Horse blankets. They it's really just adorable. Do. I know. I know. I just love this product, and we've been putting on her every day now when she goes outside because truly greyhounds cannot go out in this weather without one. Yeah. You had, you, you told me, and it was so funny because we talked for the first time since the holidays, and the first thing you told me about was a horse treat that you got that uh, your horse absolutely loved. Oh, my God. Uh, my trainer brought a stocking full of horse of candies and treats for the horses, and um, I ate most of the candy and <laughs> gave the treats to the horses. But in it were these um, little wafers cookies and I'm like oh what's this and I picked it up and it smelled really good and they were unwrapped you know she just kind of took a handful and put them in the stocking and I gave one to Zeke and I have never seen that horse move so fast (laughs) when I offered him the second cookie it was um like an apple flavored wafer and it was a hard cookie but when you bit into it it crumbled like it 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 was sort of not really soft but it was easily chewable and um so I gave one to Martin and, you know, he's obviously – all horses love their treats. But these guys had literally had their heads, their foreheads plastered up against the stall dividers. Like, is there more? Please tell me there's more. I love these things. Is there more? And um, so I asked her what they were and, and they're made by Manapro. They're called uh, oh, yeah, Apple yeah, Wafers. Yeah, Apple Wafers, yeah. They've been yeah, around they forever. Come in, 
in big 25 pound bags. And for some reason they never made their way into my barn and they have now. And then I, so of course I brought pie stocking up to him and he had the same reaction. And I give my horses treats all the time. Apples, carrots, sometimes peppermints, potato chips, <laughs> you know, stuff, <laughs> cheese puffs. <laughs> um, and they just went absolutely ape over these cookies. Huh. Wow. Pretty yeah. neat. How do you like that? Pretty neat. All right. So uh, there's two suggestions for you today. Well, we're going to be back again tomorrow or tomorrow. No, we're going to be back next week with another show. And <laughs> You might be back tomorrow, but you'll be all by yourself. Say, yeah, Helena's saying, no, Glenn, I'm, uh, I'm set learning to say no. I'm not going to be here tomorrow. But we'll be back next week with another great topic, and be sure to listen to all the shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. We have eight other ones. If you haven't given any of them a try yet, maybe do that. Maybe make that one of your goals. We, and, uh, we still, i got to tell you, have a few people, and uh, one of them's listening right now, I know, up there in Canada, who are avid uh, legacy listeners of the Horse Radio Network who have listened to every episode of every show. And they're hanging in there still still committed to doing it, and we thank those people especially for, for their devotion because none of us here at the Horse Radio Network have listened to every episode of every show, including me. So um, bless you, and we appreciate you. Very much. And if you would like, and we would like you to, follow us on Facebook. Go to Facebook and just do a quick search on Stable Scoop and like us because there's lots of fun things. We post Selena funny pictures. I do like to be liked. I need to be. I need friends. Makes me feel good. But there's lots of fun stuff that go, you know that goes on. And you know we start these conversations on these webcasts, and we the conversation often continues on our Facebook page with other listeners and other Horse Radio Network hosts. And so uh, please join us on Facebook. You can just find us under Stable Scoop. Click the like button, and your life will instantly improve. There you go. There's a goal. Write it down. There's a goal. Thank you, everybody. And thanks to our sponsors, Equestrian Collections and Kentucky Performance Products. We appreciate it. Well, Helena, that's it for this week. That is plenty, but there will be more next week. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.